Father, we just come before you right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I'm excited about this word, Lord God. Some of the songs already uh, dealt with what we're going to talk about this morning. I just thank you, Holy Spirit, how you just move in amongst us, Lord. And how do you want us to experience you uh, with your presence. And, and now, Lord, we're going to dig into your word. And Holy Spirit, I thank Jesus. You said that Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher on the earth. I thank you, Lord, that you're here by your, by your spirit. And that you're able to reveal things in your heart that needs to be revealed. Revealed. God, I thank you that you're able to tailor what I say, what your word says, individual to individual hearts. And so we just open our hearts now to you. And we say, Lord, come and just minister to me. Come and minister to us today through your word, Lord. I pray and ask for that now in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said? Amen. Amen. Well, we've been talking about one another. We've, we've got these posters up here. And um, I've been I've, uh, telling Rose, this is, uh, I've been really excited about this series, and I've been doing a lot of digging in this particular series. Um, and I believe it's because God, cause God's for us, is he not? Yeah. Right? And he's not just for us. He, it's just not God is for us. But the Bible says that we ought to be for each other. Yeah. Right? And it said there's so many one another's in the, in the New Testament. There's actually 100 reference to one another in the New Testament in 94 different verses. So that tells you something that just look around the room. The people that are in the room over here, they're important to God. If they're important to God. They need to be important to you and I, right? And, um, and so um, that's why this scripture over here, it's on the screen over here, Jesus, <laughs> and he said this, this is a, a new commandment, he said, it's similar to, you know, love God, uh, love God above all, love your neighbor as yourself, right, when they asked him which is the greatest of the commandment they had, like 600 some commandments in those days, and Jesus said, can you, and he asked Jesus, can you just sum them up, and he says, well, do this, love God above all, and love your neighbor as yourself. So then just before Jesus go to the cross, the night they were having supper, he tells the guy, he washes their feet. We're going to do a whole lesson on just washing feet. I'm not sure when yet. But um, he's, he gives them a new commandment. After he's washed their feet, after, they've, um, after they um, have, been, have been eating, and there's even something about uh, them quarreling while they're eating. Like, think about it. Jesus is, right, he's washing their feet, and then they're talking about who's the greatest in the king, who's the greatest. They're sitting there quarreling at supper time, right? And Jesus just being ministering to them, and then he tells them this, a new commandment I give to you. Guys, listen up. Please, listen up. <laughs> Stop quarreling. Stop to start trying to put each other above each other, you know. And, and so he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. How? As I have loved you. And so we're digging into that today once again. That you also love one another. By this will all, all will know that you are my disciples, not followers, disciples, ones that have been trained, ones that have, are following the Lord, ones that are doing the word of God. A follower doesn't necessarily do the word of God, but a disciple does the word of God. That's the difference, that we do the word of God, the instructions of the word. We begin to do it because that's when transformation in your life begins to shift and change. And that's when you begin to see, God, you are so good. It's not always easy. How many have noticed that when you're implying the word of God, it is not always easy. There's resistance that comes. Why? Because the enemy, the last thing that the enemy wants you to do, the arch enemy of our soul, the last thing that he wants you and I to do is to step in the word of God and do the word of God. As we'll see in a few moments again. He says, by this all will know that you are my disciples. Everybody say disciples. disciples. We're all to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have what? Love for one another. So what does that look like? What does that look like in, in, the, in the world today? You see, to say I love you can be an easy catchphrase. Is it not true? I love you. I love you. Well, you love your truck. You love your dog. You love your spouse. And you love God. So what does that mean? There's content to the word love. You've got to put some content to it, right? And that's why we're digging into it is this scripture. This is why or this is the theme scripture for the next month or so is that you love one another. What does that mean in the scriptures? What is, what is Jesus talking about? And so Paul and John and a few other of the apostles and in the, the, in the epistles and in the New Testament, we find out. They begin to define and then begin to put meat to the bones what it means to love one another. 
And so the first week we talked about our heart. Two weeks ago, it's, it's online. You can look on our YouTube channel. You can find them online or any of our, uh, um, our other channels that, uh, that you can go to. That we can't even love like Jesus talks about unless our heart is transformed by the love of God. And that we need to continue to abide and dwell in his love in order to walk it out daily. It's not, it's not just one time. When I married Rose... You know, I didn't just tell her, you know, just before when, I, when we exchanged rings and so on, saying, I love you, honey, and if anything changes, I'll let you know, right? And some people are like that. It's like, but there is sometimes that's, sometimes they're in a loveless marriage. Why? Because there's no response anymore. And sometimes Christians were like that. We, we gave our hearts to the Lord, but we're in a loveless relationship with the Lord. And I don't know if that last song that you sang, the last couple of lines, I was thinking, uh, I don't remember how it all goes, but I'm, I'm so in love with you. And it made me think, Lord, how am I in love with you? It's hard to be in love with someone if you don't have a relationship with them. I know for Rose and myself, Rose loves it when I say I love her. It makes her smile. I like the smile that she gives me. Am I correct on that, dear? How many of you ladies know, love it when your husband or your family tells you you love them, right? I know us men too, but... But especially, see, that. why is that? Because it's a relationship. Right? And the longer you go forward, the, the, hopefully the deeper the depth of that love comes. They say young love. Now I'm doing a little, I just did a wedding yesterday, so that's why I'm just sharing a little bit over here. You're not getting that sermon, sorry. <laughs> but anyways, I heard a story once, somebody said one time, he said, old love is better than young love. Young love has a lot of glitter in your eyes and so on and so forth, and you're just starry-eyed and, you know, people standing at the threshold of the wedding, of a, a threshold of, the, of their marriage, and that's that wedding place, and, you know, they're starry-eyed. Yesterday, this, the fella could barely keep his, uh, keep his eyes clean. I thought, man, this is awesome. This is awesome. You know, is it going to be like that three years from now? Right? Because love is not just a feeling. Love is something that you decide to do. You some, love is something that you do with one another. There's actions to it, whether it's good or whether it's hard. Yeah. If life is like that, then our relationship with the Lord is probably no different. You see, every one of us will experience hard times in our lives. Are we going to keep loving? And that's what Jesus did. He says, I lo love he said, um, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. He helps us through the hard times. Amen. As he helps us through the hard times, he's asking, can you help one another through the hard times? And it's not always a good feeling. Feelings are fickle, I say. But when we begin to love one another, feelings will come. But it's a choice that you make. Second week, we talked about how this love can cause us to be thankful. That's last week for one another. God of Colossians chapter 3. And this week, we're going to talk about praying for one another. Praying for one another. Samuel Duth in uh, prayer on, the, on Tuesday, Mel and Jan, you were leading, and that, that little statement stuck with me, the one that you mentioned out of that little booklet from Following Jesus. He said this, this is a booklet that we're using in our Connect Home groups, and Mel was saying this, he says, in that he makes this statement, it's highlighted, and I thought, i got to look that up. <laughs> so thank you, Mel. He says, prayer, remember we're talking about, today we're going to talk about praying for one another. I'm going to take a couple of weeks to do this. Prayer is the greatest privilege of humanity. And it just stuck to me. And I'm thinking, wow. That's what he said. I know Jennifer agrees with it because he runs Lethbridge House of Prayer. Right? But if I would ask you the question, how many, how many of you have been impacted by a prayer of another? How many of you have been? Put your hands up. How many of you have been prayer impacted by a prayer of another? I think every one of us should be putting our hands up. I know my, my mother prayed for me for many, many years. She knew I was going to be in ministry. Um, she knew I was going to be in ministry from the day I was born. She never told me. She got to go to heaven before she even saw me be a pastor. 
but she prayed for me. I was impacted by a prayer of my mother. I've been impacted by prayers of this house. Yesterday we were at a um, at the wedding, and I saw someone that used to be a secretary in our in not this church, in the previous church I was at. I just went over to her, and I just thanked her, and I said, you know, I just want to say thank you to you, because when you prayed for me during that time when we were in our previous church, I said, you know, I could feel it, and she just began to tear up. She couldn't say much after that. But you know what? You and I, we, always do, we don't always know who is praying for us. And it really doesn't matter. But one thing I do know as a pastor, as an individual, I know that prayer has affected my life. And you know that. But sometimes the enemy comes by because you don't necessarily do receive the results all the way. And he says, oh, that prayer was nothing. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like your prayers aren't going anywhere? Again, be careful. It's not about the feelings, church. It's about obeying the word of God. Those prayers are effective. Look at these, look at these, uh, look at this scripture in James chapter 5, verse 16. We're pretty well going to get stay stuck in that scripture this morning. Just the back part of it. Then we'll get back another time to the other parts of it. But it says, James says this about prayer. It says, confess your faults to one another or you have trespasses to one another. Pray for one another. Twice it says there. Everybody say, pray for one another. That you may be healed. Oh, wow. We're not going to talk about that today. But look at just that portion alone. Pray for one another that you might be healed. There's power in prayer. But if we don't pray, it's not going to happen. And then it says... The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let me ask you, how many of you are righteous over here? Do you have to be in a, you have to be in a stage? You've got to be a certain leadership level? When did you become righteous? The day you accepted Jesus Christ in your heart. Now, how many are righteous over here? How many have Jesus in their heart? If you've got Jesus in your heart, you are righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are. You may not always feel like it. Again, what did I say? Feelings are fickle. They are. It depends what's going around about you. So it's not about feelings. It is about the Word of God. When you're in the Word of God, the feelings will follow. But don't let your feelings determine your pathway. And so James says this, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, New, Ampli New American Standard Version says, can accomplish much. I love that. New Living Translation says, has great power and produces wonderful results. Wow. It has great power and produces wonderful results. This should empower us. I thank God it's so good for me to talk about this morning because tonight we have a chance to practice it. I know many of us believe this. Otherwise, we wouldn't be praying. Every Sunday, we have prayer teams up front after the service so that we can pray for you and believe with you in agreement for the prayer of the righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results on your behalf. It is not just the prayer team believes it, but when you come forward, you say, ah, oh, somebody's going to pray for me. I'm going to see some results. Don't come, oh, I'll just see if God's working today. God's always working, by the way. God is always working. He doesn't sleep nor slumber. But it's like when we have our hearts open to the Lord and when we're praying, we ought to believe that God, when I'm praying or when somebody's praying for, for me and when, the, when we're in the context of one another, that prayer has great power and has the ability to produce incredible results. Wayne is not saying this. This is the word of the Lord for us. It is the word of the Lord. If we would get this, I think there would be a lot more prayer going up. So I'm not berating anybody. That's not my point. But sometimes we back off because we're not sure if God is home today. 
were knocking on the door. God, are you home? Yes, he is. He's always there. He's always there. He ever lends a hear to each and every one of us when we are praying. A child can be across the house and all of a sudden the child cries. Dad might be on the computer or doing whatever and it's like, eh, I wonder what's happening over there. Mom, bang, both ears up. He's like, what is happening? Okay, what's happening? Am I correct on this? God's even better than that. How he does it, I have no idea. We'll get to see that when we get up to heaven. But I do know his ear are attentive to your prayers. It has great power and produces wonderful results. Church, we got to get this. When we're praying, I remember when we started Alberta Prayer. I don't know, it was about three and a half years ago, something like that. It was well before COVID. And we would begin to record after prayers all the things, the answers to prayer, we stopped recording. Not just bec- not because there wasn't any result. Every time we would pray, we would receive results. Am I correct on that, Jennifer? I just started writing them all down. And I said, well, somebody said, well, that could be coincidence. Oh, really? Well, then that's okay. I'm just saying, God, we prayed and we're seeing this. And it's like, it boosted my faith for Alberta. Because there's some days I'm going, God... I'm just like you. But then I can write, look back and I look at the results of the wonderful results that we're seeing in prayer. And I'm going, yes, we need to do this again. We need to do this again. It's good to make your list sometimes and, and just see how God answers your prayers. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. Write down your prayers and I write down an answer. I've done that. For, I did that for a period of time. And I was getting two or three answers a day. Because I journal, my, I journal my prayers. And it's like two or three answers a day. And then, then a little bit later on, I would get another answer. I, either praying for people, talking about relationships or however it is. But God's heart is that when you are praying, it has great power and produces wonderful results. That's why we pray. Our prayers for one another, James says, are effective, powerful, and produces wonderful results. But the thing is, it doesn't happen if you don't pray. It's kind of deep, but it's not. (laughs) If you don't pray, you won't see the results like we want to. So I was stirring up our faith today. We're stirring this up a little bit and say, church, <laughs> we ought to pray. I'm not blaming a guilt trip. That's not the, the idea at all. But how is your prayer life? How is your prayer life for one another? How's your prayer life for your home environment? How's your prayer life? You want to see shifts and changes in, your, in yourself or in your home and in one another How much time have you spent before God and praying for one another? Have you been praying? Some of it happens overnight. Some of it takes a little bit longer. Have you ever noticed that? Do not be discouraged. Remember, prayer is the greatest privilege of humanity that God has given to us. There's this direct link between heaven, between earth and heaven, and it's through our prayers. And by the way, do you have to close your eyes in order to pray? Do you have to fold your hands in order to pray? No. Do you know what prayer is? Prayer is communication between you and God. It could be a declarative prayer. It could be a petitioning prayer. It could be all kinds of things, right? I don't have time to explain all that today, but prayer is just communicating. Sometimes when I'm front, I'm praying for people with my eyes wide open because I want to see what's happening in them. <laughs> you know, when I was a little boy, I always took, Wayne, close your eyes. And I'm looking around and it's like, you know, our grandkids come over and, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, 
I'm not sure if they've done it or not, but I've heard this. Be, I've heard it before, and I've been at a house one time. That's where I got it. And um, and we were praying. We all had our eyes closed, and so on and so forth. And one of the girls pipes up. So and so didn't have their eyes closed. <laughs> really? How did you know? <laughs> right? So it's not like. Uh, it's not like I have to close my eyes or anything. No, no. It's communication. The reason why we close our eyes and keep our hands folded, especially kids, is to keep them away from the other kids, you know. <laughs> and just to focus on the Lord, right? But you don't have to have your eyes closed. That's just a sideline there. So remember, prayer is the greatest privilege of humanity that God has given to us. Have you ever, let me ask you this question. Have you ever felt a wall... A wall of fear. You felt like you're intimidated or you're, you feel insecure when someone's asked you to pray. You ever felt that? What is that? Or why is that? I believe this way. If you and I understood the power of prayer, the enemy would be freaking in his shoes. If we get a grasp of the power of prayer, praying with confidence, knowing that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you and I have power with God. We have authority with God. Isn't that what Jesus said? If we get that, and we get on our knees or we're praying together as a couple. And, and we say, uh-oh. The enemy is looking at him and says, uh-oh. Wayne and Rosa are praying again. Get out of here. Bomb's coming off. <laughs> Stuff's going to shift and change. We're going to lose some more territory again. Let's get some angels of fear. Let's get some demons of fear. Let's get some thoughts of intimidation. Let's get some thoughts of inadequacy. Let's get some thoughts of shame. Let's get some other thoughts going to their minds and hearts so that they, that's then they're going to stop praying. They won't pray too long. Why? Because the enemy fears that if we know this, he fears that our prayer is going to have great power and it produces wonderful results. Not because I'm so good, but because I'm a son of the most high God. And I have power with my Father in heaven by the Spirit of God. And it's, you don't have to be a pastor to do that. Because I feel the same way as you do sometimes. But my feelings don't determine what I'm going to do. I do what the Word of God says I do. And sometimes when I pray, I feel like there's nothing there. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got everything to do with what the Word of God says. And when I obey the Word of God, I expect results. Amen? Amen? Why? Because the Bible said, James said, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, that's me, and you, can accomplish much, has great power, and produces wonderful results. The enemy fears when you pray. For he knows that when you pray for one another, it has great power and produces wonderful results. When you pray for one another, it has wonderful results, as scriptures tell us. So let me just show you. I'm going to give you one example today. I'm going to go to Luke 22, 31, 34. Because, by the way, Jesus did it the same way we did it. So we're going to look at Jesus today. We're going to look at other examples down the road. But I'm just going to show you an example with Jesus. So once again, this is the same night when Jesus was betrayed. Remember, we're going back to John 13. So this was all happening. A lot of the, there's a big portion in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It all happens in the upper room. Jesus is downloading stuff, and he's talking to them. And, and, and he says, by the ways, <laughs> he, Jesus gets his word of knowledge. Somehow he had this word of knowledge in his heart. Where did he get a word of knowledge from? He'd been spending time with his father in prayer. When you're in prayer, you can expect things to be downloaded in your heart. Or when you're reading the scriptures, when you're, when you're meditating, expect a download of things in your heart. That'll help you. Now watch this. 
This is at night. They're sitting around the table. And the Lord said, uh, you know, everybody heard it because uh, Luke is writing it down. Not Peter. Luke's writing it down who's a, who, um, who wasn't really a disciple. But somehow he got the story. <laughs> From whomsoever. One of the disciples, obviously. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you. What? Satan has asked for me that he may sift you as wheat. In other words, you want to shake your life. He wants to mess with your life. He wants to shake the whole thing upside down. Could it be because Peter had a call in his life? Could it be because that Satan was so afraid of Peter? We know the end of the story. But could it be that Satan said, you know, there's something in Peter. I got a, I got a little seed in his life, so I'm, I want to shake him. Where did Jesus get this from? A word of knowledge. He operated just like us, by the way. In prayer. But listen to this, verse 32. Remember talking about praying for one another? But I have prayed for you. Jesus didn't rebuke the devil. He prayed for who? Peter. A word of knowledge. This is what's going to happen. This is what the enemy is wanting to do in that person's life. Jesus didn't go blurted all over Jerusalem. Although it did come out that night. But he said, but before he did that, what did he do? He prayed for Peter. Peter. When you and I are in prayer and things begin to happen in our life, be careful what you share outside of that prayer room of you. Sometimes words of knowledge will come and, and it's like, oh, man, this is exciting. All of a sudden, you, you, you know, it, it's, like, it's like, oh, I got to tell somebody. And you, you phone up somebody, you pull out your cell phone and say, who can I phone? Who can I phone? God, talk to me. Who can I phone? And, you, and you're going through, you ah, so-and-so, Jennifer, ah, Jennifer. I can phone Jennifer. Jennifer, I know what Jennifer is going to say. Is Have you prayed, Pastor Wayne? Am I correct on that? No, I haven't. I'm just excited about this. No, no, you need to stop talking to me about this, and you go to prayer. At least that's what the Bible says, that's what Jesus did. And what was the pray? What was the prayer? Oh, Peter, he's going to fall, and God, I, I mean, he's going to fall, and the devil's going to get him, and that's the end of his life. That's it. It's like, I could see it coming. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it in his life. I could see it's coming. Yep, yep, yep. Jesus doesn't even go there. He doesn't sigh even with the devil. Jesus said, he said, he said, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Now that's an incredible prayer. When God shows you things, remember, you have power with God. So when God begins to show you things or you see things in people's lives, it's easy to gossip. It's easy to tell others, guess what I see, guess what I see. But it's better to get on your knees and to pray for one another so that their faith would not fail. Would you like it, would you and I like it if somebody prays for you that your faith, when you're going through a hard time, instead of pointing fingers, is that, you know what, you know what, brother, I've been praying for you and I see you going through a hard time, but I've been praying for you and I've got this word on me in my heart. And I've been praying that your faith would not feel, I just want to stand with you. Wouldn't you rather have that? Every one of us wants that. And Jesus said that's how we to treat one another in prayer, to pray for one another. That's what Jesus did. And it's not just that. Jesus said, and you, that your faith should not fail. But in that prayer, he gets another word of knowledge. It says this, and when you have returned to me. In other words, Jesus said, you're going to come through something. And when you have returned to me, as hope, strengthen your brethren. Isn't this cool? That's a good prayer. Those are the people I want praying for me. <laughs> Wouldn't you want those praying for you? And we can all do that. Every one of us. Why? Because my prayer as a righteous person, they, there's powerful results that come when I pray for one another. It's easy 
to talk about the problems. It doesn't take a scientist half the time to figure out somebody's walking through, the pro through a problem. Am I correct on that? It takes a little bit more to get on your knees and say, God, I see Stuart walking through some hardships. So, Lord, I just lift my brother before your throne of grace. And God, I don't know what's happening there. I, I don't necessarily, I just see some things. But, but, Lord, I just pray that his faith would not fail. Lord, would you use this, this circumstance so that his faith would turn, his faith would grow that much stronger. And, Lord, that he be that much of a more blessing to you and to his family. Wouldn't you like that, Stuart? What am I doing? I'm, I'm putting the wind of the Spirit underneath him with the Word of God, and he doesn't even know it. That's how the church ought to respond to each other, to one another. That's what Jesus did. But, of course, Peter <laughs> said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Mm. Then he said, well, I'll tell you what, Peter. I'll sure know this. I'll say another word of knowledge. Hey, the rooster's going to crow this day before you, will, before you will deny me three times that you know me. Peter didn't get what was happening, but sure did, sure did. And so it's important that we pray for one another. Even though we have this word in us, this is what I'm seeing, even though Jesus was warning Peter, Peter didn't get it. Because there's something in his heart that needed to be broken. Jesus didn't say, guess what, I know something that you don't. There was no pride in Jesus, but there was definitely pride in Peter. That's why be careful when you pray for one another, when you know something, even how do you share that with one another. Be careful how you do that so you don't offend people in that. Because sometimes people are not ready to receive that yet. You keep it in prayer. Jesus did share it with Peter, so obviously his father gave him the release to be able to do that. But I, I believe it brought hope in Peter's life that when he did make that mistake, that he might have remembered by the Spirit of God after you've returned. When you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Wow. So when I look at that, when I look at loving one another, Jesus said, as I've loved you. How did Jesus love Peter? Pray for him. Pray for his faith. He wasn't the only, Jesus, Peter wasn't the only one on his agenda. All the guys were on his agenda. We know that. Sometimes God will put individuals upon your heart from our congregation or maybe your neighborhood or your family. Pray for them. Because your prayer, the righteous prayer of the, the prayer of a righteous man makes much power available. It has wonderful results. Wow. Isn't that cool? That is so good. So why would you feel intimidated? Fearful feel inadequate, insecure to pray for someone. Because the enemy of our soul does not want you to connect with heaven on behalf of someone else, lest they grow in faith. So they don't want you to pray, so you're not growing. You're kind of, you're, you're kind of stuck. But then the person that God puts on your heart that you need to pray for, that God puts on your heart, that God's saying, I want you to pray for them because they need a boost. They need, to, they need some prayer. And they're missing out. That's not good. See, this is, this is why prayer is so important. This is why the enemy does not want you to pray. So, we're going to have a practicum. Oops, what Pastor Wayne going to make me do now? <laughs> I'd like to take a moment... And pray for you. And just, and just maybe just ask God to deal with that fear, feeling inadequate or maybe insecure, to pray for one another. 
I'm so glad that before, when I met Rose, that I think it was a second or third date in, I don't remember what date it was, but anyways, not the first one, but a second or third date, I felt in my heart I needed to pray with her. Every time we left each other, every time I dropped her up at the house, I would hold her hand. That was one of the reasons why I wanted to do that too, just hold her hands. <laughs> Am I correct on that? Yeah. And we would pray. One of the prayers was we prayed for mom and dad. Mom, just put your hand out there. And they weren't saved yet. We prayed for a year for them to see them saved. Today they're wonderful. I love them anyways, but I mean, they're even before that and stuff like that. Um, but today they're well saved. They're powerful people. Why? Because we just took time. It didn't happen the first night. In fact, it got worse before it got better, didn't it? But you see, my pr our prayers were powerful. They were effective. Some days it didn't feel like it, especially when it got harder before it got better. You see what I'm saying? I could have said no, just give me a kiss and off I go. But I remember, I remember, it's like, it's like it was yesterday. It's like I, I felt in my heart, pray with Rose. And I did. And every day since that time, we prayed together. It's been 41 years. I'm so glad I did. The longer you wait to do that, the harder it is. I've seen it. I've talked to enough couples about this. Even for yourself in church. Like yesterday, for instance, I was at a wedding and, and uh, I thought this is so funny. I'm teaching on it today. Pastor, you're here. Can you pray for lunch? Can you pray for supper for the reception? I'm going, man, is there nobody else that can pray? <laughs> Not that I didn't want to. In the back of my mind, I didn't say that out loud, all right? I'm thinking, you know, I didn't go, oh. I said, no, I would love to do that. But I thought, you know, people are afraid sometimes to pray. Why is that? What's the fear all about? Right? You're talking to God on behalf of someone else. I know it's about the right word. Pastor, you know the whole Bible off my heart. No, I don't. <laughs> but I do it often. I get intimidated still from time to time. Like I said, I'm no different than any of us in this room here. But if God asks you to do something, and he tells us in the, book to, in the, in the Bible to pray for one another, he'll also give us the words to pray for one another. And it doesn't have to be a flowery sentence. It's got nothing to do with that. You know what it's got to do with? With your heart. With your heart. It doesn't have to be a paragraph or a three or four. It could be ten words. That's all it is. And that prayer can be more effective than the flowery prayers sometimes that we hear. Again, nothing wrong with that. I'm not negating all that. But we've got to take the fear out of praying for one another. Because when you pray for one another, there's going to be shifts in your life, in your marriage, in your community. And we want to do this, not just a couple of people, but we want to do this together as one. Would you agree with me on that? Right? So we're just looking at the Bible today. That's all we're doing. Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. One of the ways is by praying for one another. I just want you to bow your heads for a few moments. I'm not going to ask you, I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that. I'm just going to, you know, you know who you are. That you felt the fear when someone's asked you to pray at dinner or maybe a meeting and you're being to sweat, your head and your, your heart pounds like crazy. And Or you feel intimidated or you just don't feel worthy. There's that insecurity. You don't feel like you measure up. But it's not about that. As a believer in God, you have the ability to do that. And so, Father, even right now, 
It's come against that spirit of fear, that intimidating spirit that would try and harass the people here that are, whether they're watching at home or whether they are sitting in this room, Lord God. God, you, you don't want that to be around them. So I lift our congregation before your throne of grace. And I pray, Father God, for your courage and your empowerment and your thoughts to fill our hearts and minds. That, Father, when we open our mouth, when we begin to pray for one another, that you would put the scriptures, the thoughts, the ideas, whether it is a few words or whether it's many words, Father, that you would help us by your spirit to be able to do that. I speak blessing over our congregation in Jesus' name. That there would be a new sense of a freshness of prayer upon this house. Not just in the big meetings, but Lord, in the very places that we find ourselves sometimes whether it's at home, whether it's in our relationships, wherever it may be. Father, where we just grab someone's hand and say, let's just pray about that. Let's just commit that to the Lord. And so, Father, may the spirit of courage and strength be upon us today. From this day forward, we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, would you... Would you do this, please? Would you just turn someone beside you? And maybe you don't have a couple beside you. If you're married, just hold your hands for a minute. Can you get, just hold your hands for a minute? If you've got a daughter between like this, okay, just kind of hug her, right? But as a family, would one of you, would one of you maybe, we got music in the background someplace, so. <laughs> but would one of you take the turn and just speak a small blessing over them. Why am I asking you to do this? To break the power of fear. It doesn't have to be many. Well, I don't know what to say. So, Father, I pray this. We just put the thoughts in their hearts now. To speak a blessing over a spouse, over someone. And if you're single... Maybe find another single person, just move around a little bit. We just do that. We're going to close up in a few minutes right after that. So we're going to take two seconds here. Just go for it. All right? Just stop praying for one another just quietly. All right? Can you do that right now? Go ahead. Do that right now. All right, I'll give you a few more moments. Sounded incredible. That was good. That was good. We know the end of the story with Peter, right? Because of Jesus' prayer, Peter came around. And Peter ended up becoming one of the pillars in the church. You do not know the prayers that you're praying today for someone, what that's going to look like, what that's going to look like down the roads. Do you know there are still prayers today that are, sorry, there are still prayers that are being answered today that people who have already gone to heaven yeah. still praying today. 
That's why I'm passionate about praying for Alberta. Because this province has a rich, righteous heritage. But as I look at those prayers and as we look at Alberta, I'm thinking some of these prayers haven't been answered yet. And I'm praying that the bowls in heaven that are filled with the prayers that are being spilled over, that some of them are being spilled over in Alberta. Some of them are being spilled over on your family, on your loved ones, those that aren't saved yet, on this province, even over this nation. Church, the enemy does not want you to pray. Because he's afraid of your prayers. He's afraid of them. Because he knows once you get this, that your prayers are powerful and they produce results, he's whooped. Don't give in to fear. The Bible says God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but one of what? Of power and of love and a sound mind. Courageousness. But it takes somebody to step up to the plate and say, we're going to change it in the house. We're going to change this in my life. Somebody's got to do this. Nobody's going to do it for you. And yes, there's the door of uncomfortability. I know that. But when you step through it, you break something. And that's why I had you pray for one another. Because it's a little uncomfortable to begin with. What if? What, what did they think? What if? Yeah, we all walk through. I walk through that. But it's like, no, just do it. Just do it. If you don't pray, you don't get answers. Why? Because you're not praying. But when you pray, you get answers. Why? Because you are praying. And the prayer of a righteous man makes much power available. Brings great results. At least that's what the Bible said. Amen? Amen? And so Peter, they become a pillar in the kingdom of God, even though he failed. Because somebody prayed for him. Jesus prayed for him. Got raised back up again. And he became an incredible, powerful man in the history of mankind. And he did die for Jesus. Upside down on a cross, nailed to a cross, upside down. One of the most horrendous things that you can do. Something shifted. Because Jesus prayed for him. Your prayers are as powerful. Because you too are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Look at this. We're going to finish off with this verse. Romans 12, 5 says, So we, numerous as we are, are one body in Christ, the Messiah. And individually, we are parts of one another. Mutually dependent on one another. Isn't this powerful? Church, we are dependent upon one another. We are, as a church, dependent upon the, our brothers and sisters in other churches. Don't look your nose at, up at them saying, oh, I'm not talking to them. No, no. We are, this is talking about the church of Christ. This is not talking about just one life church. This is talking about the body of Christ. If one suffers, we all suffer. That's so why we ought to pray for, like tonight. We're going to be praying for our problems. We're going to be praying for our city. We're going to be praying for a number of things. And we're going to be praying for one another. Why? Because I know prayer works. I'm a product of prayer. But so are you. Let's stand up. Maybe you've come here and you've not really made Jesus Lord of your life. You know him. You, you, you know him, but you know about him, but you've never really put him in your heart. You've never really invited him in and to say, Lord Jesus, take over my life. And that's a whole different thing about knowing about Jesus and knowing him personally. There's a big shift. And I just want us to pray. And if, you, if that's you today, and if you're here today, and you say, I want to know him more dearly. I want us to pray this together, all together as one. 
And afterwards, once we prayed that, if you, if you, if you don't have a Bible at home or if you, uh, if you need some information, just say, what's this all about? We've got this lovely package that was made by, that was made by uh, one of our members in our church. And we've got a number of them. And Joan and Gary would love to take, uh, give one to you. Or we have a couple up front also, a Bible and some study material. And also inside of there, uh, you'll find a, um, uh, a place where you can connect one of, the, one of the best ways to, to grow is to connect yourself to a Connect Home group. We have plenty of them. We got about 13 of them throughout the week. And we have, I think, two, four, six, seven home groups that we started. We'd love you to be part of that. It's how you grow in the Lord. How you can be with one another and so that you can help each other grow in the Lord. So you can help yourself to that. So, Father... Let's just pray this together. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your gift of life that you're desiring to give, give to me. Lord Jesus, I really don't know you that well, but I want to get to know you better. So today, I open my heart wide and I welcome you in. With everything that I am, everything that I've done, for I thank you, Lord Jesus, that your blood was shed so that my sins could be forgiven. You took the wrath of God on my life and you cleared it away so that I can be in fellowship with my Father in heaven. So I receive you, Lord Jesus, into my heart, I pray, in Jesus' name. Well, Father, I just speak blessing over this congregation as we go our separate ways. God, I thank you for watching over each and every one of us, protecting us, Lord God. Father, whether we come back tonight or we see each other throughout the week or maybe next week, Lord. Father, I'm just praying for each one of us today that your blessing goes with us. And Father, I pray for a congregation that their faith will not fail them. Father, that you, by your spirit you would come under each and every one of us and lift us to greater heights in you, Lord God. That as we read your word this week, as we pray and as we study, as we dig and meditate in your word, as we're in our connect groups, Lord God, I pray for a greater revelation of you, Lord God. And Father, I know you said in your word that when I pray this week, that I'm going to be reminded that my prayer has power with you and that my prayers are going to have results because you said so. So that's what I'm standing on now. That I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here this morning and you'd like some prayer, say, hey, I just need some prayer. I'm just going through some stuff. Would you come up? Would you just open your heart up? Well, we've got some teams that would love to pray with you. And I'd love to stand with you and to see God's power and presence just released into your life. So, otherwise, God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. God bless you.